237, and then some y'all be getting together your request. 237, stand amazed in the presence. Lisa, did you not want to play? Oh, I can't. Okay. All right. You're good. Okay. Oh, you Thank you for me. Yeah. What about you? That's on the list, too. It was right under Doug's Jamaica. That's how I have it listed, Doug's Jamaica. Let me move it over to the new list. Hold on. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know what y'all do with an organized preacher. Okay. He's going up for a uh, promotion. Promotion tomorrow morning. Oh, that was quick. That was quick because he thought April. They asked him so he. Competition's tough, but if it can be, it'll be. That's exactly right. Okay, Lisa's knees. I'm gonna put Lisa's wheels. <laughs> All right. We good. If not, we'll add it. Cold, are y'all cold? Are y'all cold? Go ahead. Come up here and preach. You'll get warmed up. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene.
heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning open and honestly giving thanks, Father, for being able to gather together as your people and just share in the love of Christ with each other and worship you. Father, we just humbly fall before your feet and ask for your revelation to each and every one of us, Lord. We just pray that you would just pour out the Holy Spirit into us, that we may understand and see the things that you have before us. That we might come humbly and honestly and, and bring all of our burdens and sins to your feet. And find that repentance. Father, I just pray that and lift up each and every one of our prayer requests. Lord, you know each and every need. Lord, you are sovereign over each and every circumstance. And Lord... We ask that your will be done in each and every one of those, each and every one of those, Lord. Not our will, but yours be done. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to uh, wrap up this morning uh, in the life of David. Uh just mess that up. So turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 1. 1 Kings chapter 1. And actually David dies in chapter 2, but uh, well no he doesn't, he dies at the end of chapter 1. No, in chapter 2. Sorry. But anyway, uh, we, we will conclude David for now this morning here in 1 Kings. So start, we'll start there in verse 1, 1 Kings chapter 1. It says, Now King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our Lord the King. And let her stand before the king, and let her care for him, and let her lie down in your bosom, that our lord the king may be warm. So they sought for a lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very lovely, and she cared for the king and served him, but the king did not know her. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggath, exalted himself, saying, I will be king, and prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. Now, David is, I don't know, about 70 years old, they say. <coughs> and life is winding down. And obviously he's got physical infirmities. And we have seen time and time again throughout the story of David's life of people exalting themselves to a place of authority outside of God's will. And we get another picture of that here this morning. His son, Adonijah, is going to try to do just that. And again, guess who's going to creep up in the story? Old Joab. Old Joab. But I, I want you to think, there's probably a bunch of old Joabs in our lives. 
in there. And but I want you to pay particular attention that in this example, time and time again in David's life, people have tried to usurp the authority of God. Is that the right word? And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So we find ourselves in current situations where we think, man, the people in our lives and the places of authority that they're in our lives, man, it's a lost cause. We'll never get out of it. But I want you to understand that God is always in control. And His will will all be, always be accomplished. And the child of God has no reason to be afraid, scared, worried, or any of that. Because God is going to remain in control. And who He places in those, who He allows to be in those places of authority is, and who he deems to be in those places of authority are going to be there. Okay? Let's, let's move on. Verse 6. And his... Wait, I want to... Before I go there, I want to I, I read you an excerpt out of, out of uh, Pink's book on, on David. Listen to this. He's talking about... He's talking about elderly. Okay? That which immediately follows verse 6 is recorded for our learning and the most... No, that's not where I want. Old age as well as youth has its own particular snares. Okay, I don't know if any of y'all are in here old age, but I thought this interesting. For if the danger of the latter is to disdain the advice of seniors and be too self-willed, the infirmities of the former place them more in the power of their juniors and they are apt to yield to arrangements which their consciousness condemns. Does that make sense? He's saying there, he said, think about David's got these caregivers. Okay? David's, oh, he can't, he, obviously he's having trouble taking care of himself. And he's saying, as, as elderly, don't just give in to those younger ones who are taking care of you if you know something's not right. That's what he's about to say. Okay? Just to get along because they're taking care of you and doing good for you. All right. It is not easy to deny the wishes of those who are tending us and it seems ungrateful to refuse a well-meant effort to make our closing days more comfortable. But while on the one hand, the aged need to guard against irritability and domineering spirits, yet on the other hand, they must not be willing to party to that which they know is wrong. That's very, very sound advice. I told y'all that I had to make a decision for somebody recently. And I was glad to, to read this. Especially about domineering spirits. And <laughs> irritable. <laughs> legitimate, me, uh, legitimate means of restoring health and for prolonging our days should be employed. But unlawful measures and anything having the appearance of evil or which may become an occasion or of temptation to us should be steadfastly refused no matter by whom it be proposed. So what he's saying there, what Pink is saying there is, listen, if you are in your elderly age and somebody's taking care of you and, and they suggest to you something that you know goes against what God teaches, you, you shouldn't just go along with it because out of, out of be, being kind and the kindness of and showing appreciation for them taking care of you. You still have a responsibility to stand up for what you know is right and wrong in God's word and what he, he commands for us and take a stand. Now, sometimes that might mean might might lead to you losing your caregiving from that or those people, but that's just the way it's got to be, right? We have a responsibility to honor the things of God. Okay, verse six. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, 
Why have you done so? Now we see in David's life that that he he had issues with his kids, didn't he? Absalom. Now Ad- Ad- Adonijah. I'm gonna call them A one and A two. But we can gather from that that he 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 didn't probably do and rebuke his kids throughout their life the way he should have. Now, listen, we know David was a staunch man of God, without a question. But being that, we all have our weaknesses, don't we? And one of his was rearing his children. And throughout his life, it's crept up and and bit him. And it's doing that again right here. He was, uh, in verse 6, he was also very good looking. His mother had borne him after Absalom. Then he conferred with Joab, the son of Zerai, and with Abathar, the priest, and they followed and helped Adon- Adonijah. But Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, the son of Jeho- Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shimea, Rhea, and the mighty men belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fattened cattle by the stone of Zoheleth, which is by uh, Enrogel. He also invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah and the king's servants. But he did not invite... Now look here, pay close attention. Who did he leave out? But he did not invite Nathan the prophet. Benaiah the might and the mighty men of Solomon and Sol- or Solomon his brother. He left out the men that he he perceived and knew that was right with God. Isn't that how it works today? Do you ever feel like you don't get included? You ought to take that as a blessing. I've learned to. Well, there's there's been times in my life when they will. Hey, no, you know, nobody wants me to be a part of this or that. They all went and did this or they all are doing that, but they don't, why don't, what have I done to them? It's not what you've done. It's not what you've done, it's what you stand for. It's, it's the example of Christ on your life that they see that they don't want any part of. Because probably about what they're fixing to do and what they're going to take part in ha- goes against what God's ordained for us to be a part of. So, so don't feel mistreated in those situations. But yet look at them and look on them like, that's probably a blessing. That's probably a blessing. Verse 11. So Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard of Adonijah, Adonijah the son of Haggath, has become king, and David our Lord does not know it? Come. Please let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to the king David and say to him, Did you not know uh, did you know not, my lord O king? Swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then has Adonijah become king? Now, Nathan, he's saying, now look. He said, this, this, this whole thing that Adonijah did, it's not ordained by God. He said, we've got, we've got to notify, we've got to make sure the king who's bedridden is aware of what's going on and, and as, as, an anointed, as an anointed leader by God, he's got, we've got to get him to step in and make the right decision here. Verse fourteen. Then while you were uh, then while you are still talking there with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. Now, if you if you remember back in De- Deuteronomy, in other words, you had to have two witnesses to proclaim a sin that somebody was committing, and for it to be taken serious. Okay, so he's setting up. Bathsheba, 
and Nathan as the two witnesses before David. Okay? Verse 15. So Bathsheba went into the chamber to the king. Now the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, was serving the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did homage to the king. Then the king said, what is your wish? Now remember, she is his wife. But look, look at how she, she honored, she placed, she humbled herself before David as God's authority. Okay? She went in, and she's his wife, but she went in and bowed herself before him. And humbled herself before him. Just like you and I should bow and humble ourselves before Jesus. Do we do that? Do we place ourselves in a low place? And humble ourselves? Not always I don't. I find myself, I have to check myself on that. From time to time. A little bit of pride builds up in me. Think I deserve this or that. I think I deserve to walk in and sit down beside him instead of getting down on my knees before him. It's important. It's important. 17. Then she said to him, My Lord, you swore by the Lord your God to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah, has become king, and now, my lord, the king, you do not even do you know about it? You do not know about it. He has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon, your servant, he has not invited. Now, I find it interesting. Abathar is a picture of just old religion. Just religion. He doesn't he, he stand for anything except legalism and old corrupt religion. Because if he did, he wouldn't be in that group. He would have been in the group with Nathan, the prophet. And, and we live in a time that is so tumultuous and we got bunches of abathars in churches. Bunches of them. That, that honestly don't stand for anything except what benefits them. Except what benefits them. Verse 20. As you uh, and as for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of of Israel, all of Israel are on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, it will happen when my lord the king rests with his fathers or dies that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. And just then, while she was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. So they told the king, saying, Here's Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Again, look at how he puts himself. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, have you said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today and has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and sheep in abundance and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army of Abathar the priest, and look, they are eating and drinking before him, and they say, Long live King Adonijah. Again, same thing O Absalom tried to do, and Solomon. They're just going to take it over. But I want, I want you to understand that you can't take over what God, God's got. Those worldly people who, 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 who think that... that, that they're going to change everything for their benefit and, and their way. It will not work in the end. Because God's word stands forever. What he has ordained will never fail. And who he puts in place is who's going to be in place. 
Verse 26. But he has not invited me, me your servant, nor Zadok the priest, nor Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, nor your servant Solomon. Has this thing been done by the Lord, my Lord the king? And have you not told your servant who should sit on the throne of my Lord the king after him? He was like, you, we already know that you've said Solomon is supposed to be the one. But, but your rogue son, Adonijah, the second one, has exalted himself and he's out there having a party telling everybody he's going to be the king. Verse 28. Then King David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king took an oath and said, As the Lord lives who has redeemed my life from every distress, just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly Solomon your son shall be king after me, he shall sit on the throne in my place. So I certainly will do this day. Now, let me back up to, to 29. And I want, I want you to think about David. And all that's gone, you know, all that's gone on in David's life. And, and look at his attitude when he says, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress, just as I swore. Who does he exalt first? God. He's saying, in essence, he said, as God has delivered me through everything in my life. He has sustained me. He has, he has been my rock. He is, he is giving God the glory before he says what he's about to say. That is so important for us. That is so important for us in life circumstances. This is not a good circumstance in David's life. He, I mean, can you imagine the feeling that he? I mean, I can. I mean, he he's got family trouble. None of us have family trouble, I know, but he's got family trouble, and he must love his son. I don't know anybody that doesn't love their kids we know he loved Absalom he, he, he mourned for him and here he, where he's at another crossroads in his life where he's got another rogue kid acting out and he's got to make a decision here to hurt one of his kids it's not favorable towards one of his kids but where does he where does he take his stand for God? He takes a stand for God. Now that's difficult to do, humanly speaking. I know a lot of people that would have just not got involved. Y'all work that out. I you know. Boys, y'all work that out. Y'all need y'all need to get together and work that out. Hoping that it would turn out right. But no. As, as the spiritual head, not only of Israel, but of his house, he's commanded to make a, take a stand. Just like you and I are. And there's not but one stand to take. And that's, that's the stand on the right side of God. Verse 30. Uh, 31 excuse me then Bathsheba bowed her face to the earth and paid homage to the king and said let my lord king David live forever and king David said call to me Zadok the priest Nathan the prophet Benaiah the son of Jeho uh, Jeho Jehada so they came before the king the king also said to them take with, your, uh, take with you the servants of your lord and have Solomon uh, my son, ride on my own mule and take him down to Gihon. There, 
Let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel and blow the horn and say, Long live King Solomon. Then you shall come up after him, and he shall come up and sit on my throne, and he shall be king in my place. For I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Benaiah uh, the son of Jehoiada, and answered the king and said, Amen, may the Lord God and my Lord the king say to, so too. As the, as the Lord has been my Lord the king, even so he be with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoda, and the Cherethites and the Perethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and took him to Gihon. Now, why do you think they put him on King David's mule? To show everybody, right? It was a sign. It was a picture that, that he had that, that he had been going to be anointed king over Israel because he was on the king's mule. Then Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the horn, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and the people played the flutes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finished eating. And then Joab heard the sound of the horn, and he said, Why is the city in such, no uh, such a noisy uproar? I'm sure they did. They, they're partying down. They've done, they think they've, they've already taken over. And the party's been disrupted. 42. While he was still speaking, there came Jonathan, the son of Abathar, the priest. And Adonijah said to him, Come in, for you are a prominent man, and bring good news. Then Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, No, our lord the king David has made Solomon king. The king has sent him with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehada, the Cherethites and the Perethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. I'd love to see Joab's face. He has tried and tried and tried to get his way, hadn't he? I can only imagine him going, what now? Oh, Joab. Oh, rebellious Joab. Who's had plot after plot Killed people. Still don't work. 47. And moreover the king's servants have gone to bless our Lord King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make the throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed himself on the bed. Also the king said thus, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has given one to sit on my throne this day while my eyes see it. So all the guests who were with Adonijah were afraid and arose and each one went his way. Now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon so he arose. Well imagine that. I don't know why he'd be afraid. And it was told to Solomon saying indeed Adonijah is, is afraid of King Solomon, for look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his uh, servant to death with the sword. Why in the world would he be worried about that? Then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair on him shall fall to the earth, but if, his, if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell down before the King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, Go to your house. Get out of my face, <laughs> basically. 
Now I want to read to you what David says to Solomon. Now the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may fulfill his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your son takes heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Abner, uh, excuse me. Moreover, you know also that Joab, the son of Zerah, what he did to me and what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed, and he shed the blood of war in peacetime, put the blood of war on his belt and was that was around his waist and was on his sandals that were on his feet. Therefore, do according to your wisdom and do not let his gray hair go down to the grave in peace. Oh, Joab, getting it in me. It's finally coming around. But look at, at what, how, what David told his son. He didn't say anything other than follow the Lord your God. That should be our direction to our family. When all things are, 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 are coming down around us and it's so easy to get disarrayed by this old world, the best advice we can give our families, follow the Lord your God in all His ways, in all His commandments, and what's going to come to you? Blessings. Blessings. It's, I told somebody the other day, they, they were talking about their life was just in a wreck. They, they didn't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. I said, turn to the Word of God. Turn to God in prayer and get in His Word and you'll get your answers. you got to stay there long enough to get them. I don't know how long that'll be. But if you want blessings on your life and you want blessings on your family and you want blessings on the things that you touch and that are, you're in control of, Follow God's principles. Simple principles. I mean, simple, right? No, it's not simple. It's simple to hear, but it's not simple to do, is it? But what profound, what profound advice, of, the most profound advice a father could give his child. Right there that David gave his son. Let me, let me read this little excerpt to you out of this. It says, in closing, we would call attention to the most blessed typical picture in which both David and Solomon are needed to give it completeness. Compare the joint types supplied by Joseph and Benjamin, Moses and Aaron, or Elijah and Elisha. First, David had been successful as a man of war. For by him the Lord so overcame the enemies of Israel as to put them under the soles of his feet. In like manner, the Lord Jesus, by his death and resurrection, was victorious over all his foes. Second, Solomon had been chosen and ordained to be uh, to the throne before he was born. So too, Christ was the elect of God from all eternity. Third, Solomon rode on a mule, not as a warrior, but in lowly guise. So did Christ. Fourth, he was anointed with the sacred oil, a type of the Spirit. So Christ also received the Spirit in his fullness as his, at his ascension. 
Finally, rest and quietness was granted unto Israel throughout Solomon's reign. So also Christ is now reigning as our Prince of Peace. Interesting, isn't it? So we finished up David, and uh, I hope that it's been, a, it took us a while, but I hope that uh, going through his life has been a blessing for you. Uh, it has me, and, and I'm sure we'll revisit it uh, sooner than later, but uh, I hope that that it's been a blessing to you like it has me, and, and uh, we'll move on. I don't know where we're going to go next, but... Uh, the Holy Spirit will show me, and that's what we'll do. Remember, don't forget about this Saturday. Uh, those of you who are who are going, um, it's okay to show up a little early or whatever time you want to. Fellowship. Some of us will be cooking and and preparing. And uh, let me ask you this: are are we are we comfortable yet with doing a a, a fellowship of our own, or do we still want to wait? Yeah, yeah. Like March the 1st, is that? I'm thinking in April we'll do the fish fry before it gets too hot, April or May. You want to do, everybody want to right now tentatively plan for the first Sunday in March to do soups? That be okay? Okay. We'll, we'll plan on that. And uh, again, I'll get these books ordered for our Wednesday night uh Study and I'm going to work on that uh, remote way to to include everybody and I'll, hopefully by next Sunday I'll have an update on that. All right, all right. Let's bow our heads for 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 prayer. Weldon, would you dismiss us this morning? Amen.